Well, good morning, Northwest. It is a special day to be with you this morning. Thanks to those that are drinking hot cocoa and in their PJs at home, and thanks to those that are also here this morning. And now is the time where we get to pray for our offering. It is a beautiful Sunday morning, and thanks, thank you, Christy, for leading us in worship. We appreciate that. And uh, as you know, it's a special Sunday. But let's go ahead to the Lord in prayer for our offering this morning. Lord, we praise you and thank you for your good. Your mercies endure forever, Father. We thank you for this morning, the beauty of the snow. We thank you for the beauty um, of nature and all that we see in the creation, Father, of your glorious salvation your great hand, Father, at work. Father, we thank you for allowing us to worship this morning. We thank you for Chris as he comes to bring the word this morning. We pray that you would give him power and strength. Lord, we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning, my brother here, who has been here for 12 years, yeah, 12 years at Northwest comes to, before you as the last time as your pastor. So here he is, Chris Gully. Wait, our children need to be dismissed to Children's Church, so go ahead and do that as Chris is getting ready. Amen, amen. Hey, give these guys a hand, the little kids coming forward. They are precious gift. Best time of the year to celebrate damn Christmas. Hey, well, I uh, wanted to do this a little my way on technology, so I got rid of the headset, want to use the microphone, uh, just, uh, so, hey, this isn't about me, because we're going to make it about the gospel, right? Amen. Hey, so, a couple stories before we begin, uh, and I'll get you ready to turn to the scriptures. It'll give you a moment to turn to Ephesians chapter 3. If you have your copy of God's Word, open there to Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to be in verse 14 through 21, and it is an absolute honor to be able to handle the word, and the word herald is the word that's used to describe the proclamation of the gospel in a supernatural way, and what a privilege to be able to do that over the last 12 years, whether in on-campus ministry at Nolto's Classen, in Taft, uh, at uh, midweek activities, to Sunday morning, the privilege to be able to handle the word in a number of times. Uh, the last time we had an event like this, and, and it was a snowy day, we had uh, Stan Norman, our transition pastor. Remember Stan? You guys remember him? Some of you guys were here. Well, he couldn't make it from Shawnee, so I'm in my car getting through the snow on the way here, and I get a call from Kurt Goss. Kurt Goss says, hey, Gully, you're up. So I'm um, have a little bit more preparation for a morning like this. And so the last time we had snow, uh, I was always told by my father-in-law and other pastors, who my dad, father-in-law is a pastor. He's probably watching online. And... Uh, and he would always say, hey, make sure you have a sermon in your back pocket. And I never thought that was a real thing. It is. So I had a, a sermon in my back pocket. But I should always be ready in season and out of season to preach the word, right? Amen. Amen. So, uh, but I think uh, one more little story. Is that okay? We're just about history of Northwest. So one of my first experiences with Northwest and, and making sure the church really know who I was was that one of our global impacts my first year, Kurt Goss is in the staff meeting, he's explaining this whole thing about, about global impact and he's talking to introduce all the pastors and, and all this from the different network congregations and, I'm, and Kirk is talking about we want all the pastors to be here for a moment of response up front. So I'm like, I was like, Kirk, you want, is that me too? He's like, yes, you're a pastor. Okay, I'll be there for the response time. And so I'm like, but to be clear, like, you're gonna give me a heads up when I need to sit down. He's like, yeah, don't worry about that. 
I'm like, okay, so you, I need to sit down, though, while the pastors are being introduced of the other congregations. He's like, dude, just, I, yeah, whatever. I'm like, no, I need to know exactly. Now my, our staff and our staff needs to know how meticulous I am on every little detail of what we're doing. And they're so tired of it already. It'll, it'll be over. And last Tuesday was the last, or Monday was the last one. I'm, I'm going over all the little details Chris wants to know about every little thing. But I was asking because this is what happens when you really don't go over the details. So we have a response time. And I'm right down over here. And I'm coming up and I'm standing there. And the response time changes and I'm looking at Kirk and he's not giving me any kind of high sign. I'm like, what should I do? What should I do? So I just stood up there and all these pastors start lining up and I'm like, oh no, I don't know if I'm supposed to be up here. And so Kirk starts introducing each of the network congregation pastors and he gets, I'm like, I'm like, should I just, I should sit down right now. And I'm just, I'm just going to go sit down. And I just froze and Kirk goes, this is Chris. I don't know why he's standing there. But he's our new youth pastor. And so I go, I'm like, I go, just like this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I just, I just sit right down. Uh, so that was, that was an introduction to, to Chris Gully, which is about the rest of the 12 years, that, and now you know. Uh, so, but uh, I, I say that to give you a little time to get to Ephesians chapter 3, but also just to, just to share just an inc- the incredible history that we've had together and the opportunity to uh, uh, just be in life together and be real with each other. And that's just kind of who we are, is we're just, just, just down-to-earth people who love each other. Uh, everybody got a laugh out of that, and uh, we just moved on. And so uh, there'll be a couple other illustrations and examples to uh, to the points that we have this morning from the, the life of Northwest over the last several years. But uh, if you have a copy of God's Word, and you should, it, or on your phone, Ephesians chapter 3, and uh, the Lord began to reveal, uh, reveal to me as I prayed, God, what do you have for uh, Northwest? What would you have me as my last opportunity, at least on staff, to share the word with Northwest? And uh, he led me to the book of Ephesians, and it was Paul's it was Paul's edification and intercessory prayer for the church in Ephesus. In fact, this letter that Paul wrote from prison went out to the church in Ephesus, but also the church network, the house churches all around, and the multiple congregations circulated this letter. And this, this edification and this, this, this prayer of, of intercession, a prayer for spiritual power, a prayer for m- maturity, a prayer for strength, a, a prayer for love for one another. And, th- and that's a little bit of the background there. And, uh, and in particular, the big narrative here is that Paul is trying to shape in the church of Ephesus and all the churches around in that first century uh, church context is that the church is the body of Christ called to, the, the, to do the work of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit in love and in maturity. And so that's, that's where we're going to be going this morning. So if you have uh, that word opened, would you stand with me as we just worship the, uh, the power of the word and honor the word together. Uh, so let's stand. Starting in verse 14, let's pray. Jesus, as we're about to unwrap the word together and we're about to look into your truth, may it pierce our hearts. May your spirit speak power into our lives. And may it transform us to where we are completely different people. So we receive this word with humility and teachability in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read. 
For this reason, I bow my knee before the Father, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Verse 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Seated. What an incredible scripture. What an incredible prayer that Paul is praying over the churches, uh, in, in particular from prison. He's, he's in chains and he's praying for someone else, praying for them to have power, understand the depth and the love uh, of Christ, and, and to be able to, to understand, uh, although impossible to completely comprehend, the depth of the love that he has for us. Let's look real quick back to verse 14 through 16. It says this, it says, uh, for this reason I bow my, my knee before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you strength with a power through his spirit in your inner being. His first encouragement and the first encouragement I give you guys as, as a people is live, point number one, live in limitless power. You see, believers who are filled with the Spirit have access to this limitless power to do what? To do the will of the Father. We have this access to supernatural power that raised Christ from the dead, living inside of us in order to do what? Uh, to, to grow our kingdom? Absolutely not. But to grow his kingdom, uh, the will of the Father. Romans 8 says this in 9 through 11. You, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit, in, in if, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him, verse 10. But if you, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raises Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. What a powerful truth. May you as a people, as a mothers and fathers and students and grandparents and small group leaders and, and, and missional leaders live in the limitless power that Christ has given you. And may you operate according to that spirit in you in order to do what? To do the will of the Father. And that, that's the key. That's the key. This salvation that's been granted to us, that has access through Christ, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, living in you, is for the, for the purpose of doing the will of the Father. And what is the will of the Father? The proclamation of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Keep the main thing the main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing. What's the main thing? The gospel. 
And, and what is the will of the Father? How do we do that? How do, what is the gospel? The gospel is a story of, of redemption, of unconditional love, of forgiveness, this love that's supernatural. And so how do we know? How do I know if I'm, if I'm walking in the will of the Father? Well, point number two, is your life grounded in love? Look at verse uh, 17 and 18. It says this, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints its breadth, length, depth, and height. Man, my encouragement for you is to live in this supernatural, limitless love, living out your life rooted and grounded in unconditional love for one another. So it, it reminds me of uh, kind of a tree and a soil that is planted in. And you think about uh, the type of soil that that, that tree's planted in will determine what kind of, you know, the quality of growth that it, that, that tree experiences, right? You think, you think of it like this. Think, think of your life planted in the, the best soil. There's some good soil out there you can use. Some soil maybe that uh, is a soil planted in success, a soil that's planted in, in many things, soil that's planted in, in, in your, your own uh, 501K, your, your retirement. Your soil is plant, it can be planted in a lot of different things. But a soil that's planted in the, the best soil is a soil that's planted in that unconditional love. I remember when I came here 12 years ago and I, I, I stepped out of a church, a little small town out of per, outside of Stillwater called Perkins, Oklahoma. And we, uh, we went there and, and all I did is love people, went to all the football games and saw the whole church and the cheerleaders were all your youth group and the football players. It's super easy, man. You just went to the schools. I was the only youth pastor in town, man. You blew it up. Super easy. Right, we had a, I mean, uh, we, we were having over 120 students come to our midweek activities, and I thought, man, I'm the, I'm the stuff. I got this. And then Northwest calls me, I'm like, yeah, man, you want me? All right, yeah. I'm gonna come and I'm gonna, you guys have like 8,000 students in a you know, three square mile. And we got 500 kids in the youth group. You just wait. And then my first Wednesday, we had 12 students. I'm like, ooh, okay. And so uh, I really wrestled that with that. You know, we made 14, and then sometimes six. And I'm like, uh, God, what, what, we're spo I'm supposed to have lots of kids in the youth group. I'm, you know, I'm doing all this stuff. Man, I was going to the schools. I was going to the football games. I was doing all this stuff. But, but man, where, where are the kids? And God said, And it broke me, and it rocked me. He said, I have not called you to success, Chris. I've called you to obedience. And that completely changed the entire outlook I had in ministry. I was, 
operating in myself, operating in arrogance. I, I can do this. You just do this formula and you grow a student ministry. And, and that's our goal. Our, our goal is to, is to plant seats in the chairs so that I can walk in and be like, yeah, look at these kids in here. I took, oh, we need two cabins now at Falls Creek. Yeah, we might have to go two weeks because, and I, would, I loved walking up to the registration tables and be like, yes, Chris, how many students do you have? How many books do you need? I need 120 books. How big is your church? Well, you know, it's only 200 on Sunday, but there's 120 of us on Wednesday night, and yeah. And it was highly arrogant, superficial, and it was all about me. And when God broke me, that spirit of pride, he helped me understand that the will of the Father, if I want to access the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, it's not going to be about me. It's not going to be about filling seats in here. If the soil of your, of, your, of your life, even within things that we shape as good, getting people, we want people to come to church. Is that really our goal? No. The goal is to do the will of the Father. And the will of the Father is to exalt his name and to bring people to an understanding and salvation and transformation. The goal is to introduce as many people as we possibly can in whatever way that that looks. Seats in a, a corporate environment or you being sent out into the marketplaces to do the will of the Father. Planning your life in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. So, Success was my idol. Success in ministry was the soil I was planting my life in. It was where I found our identity. It was where I found so many things. You know what I realized? That there was lots of dysfunctional relationships when I left that were, were, very, were very needy. There was some codependency that we walked out of in realizing I have left some students in, in, in very difficult places and carnage and, 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 and heartache. And, and I didn't equip them to do the work of the ministry. I equipped them to worship me. And that's not our goal. Our goal is to exalt the name of Jesus. So whether it's a, a building program or filling seats, the building, this is a, a wonderful remodel, wonderful thing that God has done and providing the finances to be able to do that and be debt free. But this isn't the soil. This is the vehicle to accomplish the work of the ministry, amen? The seats are not, not the goal. Matt McConnell and his team and many of their aesthetics team, and I'm not, I'm not allowed to name them because they wanted to stay unnamed, but they understand that this is a vehicle to exalt the name of Jesus. Never get distracted from the main thing. The main thing has been always the kingdom of God and keep the main thing the main thing. Walk in love. Our union with Christ becomes our new found, found fundamental goal. Our union, our oneness in Christ becomes a, fundam, a fundamental goal, a new identity for us. It's no, no longer that I that live from my preferences, my comforts, my styles of, of, of worship or church. or It's no longer that I that live but Christ lives within me. So I live this life now to bring him glory, whatever that looks like, whatever is gonna be the most effective way to reach people for Christ and walk with them 
to maturity. Nothing is sacred except for the scriptures and the gospel. There's nothing else that matters. So keep the main thing the main thing. Understand when it comes to the wrestle of success, there'll be an ongoing wrestle to have our hearts and our personal lives with our spouses being drawn away from the main thing. The main thing isn't to spend most of your time strategizing and, and figuring out uh, how to create a successful business model. The main thing is to use that business model to proclaim the kingdom of God. The main thing is to raise a generation of, 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 of kids in your home where you spend more time strategizing, praying, and interceding to say, Lord, as a, as a father and a leader of my home, how are you called me to raise my children in godliness? Spending more time interceding for them than planning for your vacation. Spending more time praying for your kids with your children and asking them uh, how you can pray for them than then sitting down and watching Netflix and watching Cobra Kai. Guilty. I'm guilty of that. So let's keep the main thing the main thing. Live in that limitless power and live grounded in love. First Corinthians 13 says this, one through three, and then verse 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I, I have no love, I'm only a, a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I can pr uh, have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and knowledge, and if I have faith so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body even to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. So now, faith, hope, and love abides, these three, but the greatest of these is love. At the center of what we do is a spirit of unconditional love that moves through our life to exalt the name of Jesus. And finally, point number three is it's all for this purpose, to live a life that broadcasts the glory of God. To live a life that broadcasts, that sends out a message to glorify God. That, that concept broadcast means to send a message out with exponential power. I can, I can herald here. I can. I can let it be magnified through the magnification of this speaker, but that concept of broadcast has a potential of worldwide messaging. Our goal is a worldwide message with power as spoken in love through the power of the Holy Spirit and the limitless uh, power of the Holy Spirit to broadcast and exalt the glory of God for our life to be exhausted now for the kingdom of God. And that's been my prayer the last two years. It's Jesus, my only prayer now is to exhaust my life, completely spend it to the nth degree, squeeze every part of who I am out for the glory of God. Use me however you choose. And my prayer is that for you. 
in your family, in your marriage, siblings with one another, children honoring your parents through that context. I've got away from my notes. I have to go back. But God equips believers to live out love so that we may broadcast God's glory. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live in a way that honors God and exalts his name. Look back at verse 20 and 21. It says this. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think according to the power at work in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. His prayer, Paul's prayer for the church in Ephesus lands with our lives, the church in Ephesus and the house churches all around that first century region. His landing was that they would live their life in love through the power of the Holy Spirit to broadcast God's glory. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says this, and God is able to make all grace abound in you so that all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every good work. I remember some incredible examples of this corporately as a church. The things that the Lord has allowed us to do uh, as a church has been incredible. Broadcasting the name of Jesus through the ministry of Northwest. As many of you know the history of Northwest, they decided to stay and plant in this context and invest in this community. Even at the council of advisors who were professionals who came in and said, listen, everything around you is going to change and if you want to be successful, then you need to relocate to an area that will allow you to build and serve and reach and hold the staff that you have and pay the bills. And Northwest decided that's not our goal. To be successful is not our goal. God has called us for such a time as this, for here. And when I met with the leadership, in my in view of a caller prior to that, that was what sealed the deal for us. That this church understands that God has ordained Northwest to be here for such a time as this. When everyone else was rolling out, Northwest decided to stay. But now for what? To keep the main thing the main thing, to broadcast the glory of God through this place. And he's gonna continue to do that. The opportunity to lead at Champs Camp for I guess 11, 12 years, this would have been 13. There's, there's stuff I shared with our students on Wednesday night and the parents of, of extremely just dear spiritual experiences that I got to witness. Walking down the hallways every year and watching your children lead your children to Christ. What a beautiful picture of living a life to broadcast the kingdom of God where they were giving away their spring breaks and 
if you, if you know the, 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 the load that Champs Camp puts on students you, and even the volunteers and the leaders and the senior adults and all, all the whole church coming together, it's a beautiful picture of this exaltation of God. There's this beautiful picture of, of giving your life in unconditional love, operating in the power of the Holy Spirit in limitless power, and then watching it come together in a moment of salvation where you're, you're these young teenagers are putting into practice the things they were taught to be equipped to do the work of the ministry and ready to give an answer for the hope that we ha they have within them. And I'm hearing the gospel being heralded through the power of the Holy Spirit and your children and your neighbor's children and your family who friend that you brought for those little children to come to Christ. It is an incredible privilege to watch the worship of, your, of the students, 60 students. We, we, we clear out the student area, the factory. All the chairs are moved out and it's just this wide open space and we bring worship in uh, to bring edification and help spiritually nourish them and get them ready for the next day. And every single night, they, they're exhausted, they're tired, and they're, and they're lifting up the name of Jesus, just singing with their whole heart. And you can sense the spiritual environment that's rich, tangible, you can feel it. And then I dismiss them into their prayer groups. They, they're divided up by teams. And they get with their teams that they've been serving with all week, little mission groups, and hear them praying for the students by name as I walk around, praying for your children and your friends' children and your grandchildren, praying for them by name every single night. Every single year is a beautiful picture. And, and of course me, my OCD type A time management, I'm like, it's time for bed. It's 10 o'clock. They gotta get to rest because they're gonna be exhausted tomorrow. I'm trying to shut that time down. The Holy Spirit keeps going, just, just wait. Just let them pray. And a beautiful picture that I got to witness year after year after year watching the being a part of the vacation Bible schools and the trunk retreats and the Falls Creeks and, and the number of ministry opportunities, launching a nonprofit organization to reach into the community called Community Advance and to be a part of the opportunity to see students after student after student come to Christ, come to the summer club, become a part of Falls Creek and get receive Christ and be baptized is, is a beautiful picture of this limitless power operating in unconditional love to broadcast the name of Jesus. So now, now what? This is what I see God doing. This is this, this, is this speaking just from a, a prayerful consideration as the Lord continues to move the church forward. What do I see? I see God continuing to do that, to herald to exalt the name of Jesus through you and the power of the Holy Spirit. But it's this, and I, I wrote this down, and I'd love for you to write this down and think this through, through. And it's this. May I position my place with his power through love to accomplish his mission. Let me break that down and say it one more time. 
may I position my place with his power through unconditional love to accomplish his mission. What do you mean, Chris? I mean, it's time now to take the last 12 plus years that we've seen the gospel modeled corporately and continue to be modeled corporately through things like Vacation Bible School and Trunk or Treat, Champs Camp. But then it's now time for you to personalize that and to begin to personally look at your place, your personal place in life with your children, in your marketplace, with your family and your neighbors and begin to allow your life to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit, to pray and watch where God is working, join in there to exalt the name of Jesus, supernaturally empowering you to speak the truth in love in the people's lives around you. Invite them to things that God is doing, but now it's time culturally with the things that we're seeing in the narrative of our nation and all that we see happening, it's, it's time now for the church to put into practice the quarantine and leave the building. And to begin to share the hope of salvation with your coworkers and your classmates, students, your teammates and your children, shaping a culture in your family and in your home that centers everything, every conversation, every decision you make, every conflict, all of it filters through the lens of the gospel. Everything you do and everywhere you go, when you walk in your, your, your school students, when you begin to look at your environment and you get back into school, you walk through those doors not with fear and trepidation and anxiety because of how you might look, the fact that you might have that zit on your face and you tried your best to cover it. Uh, no longer you are exalting your name. No longer you living for yourself, but to say, I have been put by God in his divine plan where I am in school in order to introduce every single person to Jesus. If we genuinely believe God is sovereign, and we, if, we, if we really believe that, and we were, if, if we're going to live that out, that means every single person you come in contact with was not by accident. You didn't randomly have that guy come to your door and try to sell you windows. You didn't randomly share a locker next to this individual or sit next to them in the classroom or have those coworkers. Who should we be sharing the gospel with? A hundred percent of the people that we come in contact with. If we believe God is sovereign, meaning he's in charge of everything, and he has a power to weave the people that come into our lives. So it, it changes. It changes from this compartmentalized life where, where I've got my church, and, and, and when I share the gospel at those events, and I invite them to midweek, and we do those things. We know that that's true in the scriptures, but that's not the end of the story, what Paul is trying to teach the church in Ephesus and all those other, all those other churches and the house churches that were, were circulating the scripture in this letter Paul is praying that they would be the church as they're equipped 
to live out the gospel. And that's, that's my prayer for you. The Northwest will look forward to the exponential, exponential kingdom growth through your personal life. Living out the gospel. Praying as you walk into your school, Lord, who are you leading me to share the gospel with today? Not out of impulse and being awkward or like I'm forced to, like a checklist, but walking in the limitless power of the Holy Spirit. Being aware of your environment looking for opportunities to share unconditional love with people, building intentional gospel relationships with people of peace who may be spiritual, but they're, they're, they are not in Christ. People who are hurting and broken and, and, and look at the future of their life and there's like, this does not look bright in our nation or in our, in our presidential election. All of those narratives are beautiful pictures of the opportunity for us to share the hope of Christ that broke through the darkness in this season that we celebrate for Christmas. And may we be people, whether we think we're gifted with the the gift of, of an evangelist, we all are called to make disciples, introducing people to the gospel. And if you're here online or you're here today and you've never made that decision, you've never given your life to Christ, you've, ne- you've never remembered a time in your life where, where Jesus would call it being born again and made new, you can do that today. The Bible says that if you put your faith and your trust in Jesus alone, you'll be saved because there is a God who loves you. There's a God who created you to be with him, but the Bible teaches that we have all walked away and done our own thing. The Bible describes that as sin. And if you're living and walking in sin, you can make a decision today to be free from that. That's why we celebrate this season, because hope broke through your darkness. God knew that there was no hope in our own abilities, our own work, our own strength, so he sent Jesus, paid the price for our sin, died a death that we actually should have paid with our life because he's God he rose from the dead beat death and now if you put your faith and your trust in him if you turn to him and you make you reject that life the Bible says you'll be made new Romans chapter 10 says that says that if you believe in your heart confess with your mouth you'll be saved or if you're here this morning and and some of the aspects of the sermon somehow spoke to you supernaturally. It maybe has nothing to do with anything I talked about, but the Spirit of God is speaking to you. You have an opportunity to respond this morning. Or if you want to make that, that commitment to say, you know what? I want my life to count for kingdom cause and kingdom purpose. I would encourage you to respond this morning. In just a moment when we stand, our, our, our pastor teams will be in the back. Our pastors will be back there, and you want to pray, you can. Or, or turn to your family next to you and say, hey, the, this is what the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. Maybe your spouse or someone next to you that you're in community with. And just confess. Lay that out and say, hey, will you pray for me? Will you keep me accountable to that? If you're online, in just a moment, there'll be an opportunity for you to see a, a link to get connected if you need prayer, send us a message and we'll, our, our team will reach out to you. But we want you to know that there's hope in this season. We 
where many feel that there is no hope. Let me pray for you, and then we will allow you to respond as the Holy Spirit's been speaking. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your power. We thank you that you give us the ability to be transformed not to be a better person to be born again I'm just so thankful you didn't come to try to make me gooder but you came Jesus to give me a new heart and new life and that free hope is accessible to everyone this morning and I pray in the name of Jesus Northwest will be a people now moving forward who turn up the dial in, on that broadcast to exponentially multiply the kingdom of God through the people of Northwest. God, we love you and we thank you. Let's stand together.